If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everyone, and welcome back to episode 77 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. Woo. We have World Series Baseball to talk about. Before we get to that, quick shout out. Well, and this is going to be interesting because I actually don't know the name of the person I'm shouting out right now. <laughs> uh, but at my professional development for work on Friday, kind of uh, talking to one of my colleagues and someone overheard me talking about that I have a baseball podcast. And we had a very nice conversation. She was talking about, oh, I love local sports podcasts. I love listening to them, supporting them. Give me the information. I'm going to check it out. We had a nice conversation. It was so nice. We forgot to actually exchange names at all. Uh, wow, way so, to go. Really, really doing that grassroots. The massive W. Doing it strong. Massive <laughs> W. Uh, but if you are listening right now, we appreciate you supporting. Uh, and hit us up at nonstopbbpod on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We'll shout you out. We'll talk about what you want to hear. Uh, but yeah, appreciate your support. Um, yeah, that yeah, means a lot. And and we will literally uh, talk about pretty much anything. I mean, we have basically had full episodes about chicken tenders. So nothing's well, off and limits. And Joe Panic. And we Joe actually Panic. had an We literally did have Joe an Panic. episode about Joe Panic. <laughs> and it might be our best work. It's up there. Yeah, it's our best work. Um, <laughs> that's so funny that you mentioned that. Uh, cause we were talking and she was like, yeah, I was listening to this one baseball podcast, but then they just always get so off track and they're like oh, no. talking about what they had for breakfast. And though we do get silly at times, I feel like we do a pretty we good it. job. We always bring it back to baseball. That's true. We, we keep it back. <laughs> we don't ramble super bad. <laughs> we ramble in so the off season a lot. Rambling. Oh yeah. Off season, <laughs> yeah. off season's going to be rambling for sure. Yeah. We might need to do another Joe panic episode, but um, now we're down to business, but um, I am Noah, joined by Brian and Adam. Brian, <laughs> I guess we'll start with you. It is Sunday. Uh, your your Raiders played uh, Adam Saints. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm not a Raiders fan, so I actually <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm having a great day. No football team will bring down my movement. I don't know why I said movement there. That word did not work. But uh, Kyle Tucker, my MVP pick, hit two home runs game one. I'm liking my odds if he keeps it going. As for RBIs, he's looking nice out there, playing some good defense. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy over. Hey, at least your MVP candidate can score. <laughs> the Raiders didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Football's been oh, yeah. good. Baseball's been good. Uh, it, there's a part of me always, you know, that uh, obviously wants my team to be in the world series, but there is something really nice about being able to watch close world series games and not feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack. Like not <laughs> having a horse in the race is kind of nice. Playoffs in general, man, like those games are so nerve wracking as a fan and it makes like no sense. Like I should not be this emotionally attached. Right. To a yeah. Like, game. like dude, ga like game one, if I was a fan of either team, I'm falling oh. apart. I'm in shambles. Dude. 
you're having a full on breakdown if you're an Astros fan and then your team ends up winning the game. Yeah, it not game one, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I meant as a Phillies fan. I said the wrong team. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm blaming the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, go ahead, bud. I thought you weren't a fan, but that's OK. That's OK. Um, but yeah, it's funny. That's why I mean. More recently, I've been able to uh, control my playoff emotions a little bit more. But for a long time, I was just like, I just, if I'm being honest, even as a Red Sox fan where I've been able to see some World Series, I kind of just prefer the regular season in some ways because it's just too much. It's too much. Dude, seriously. Uh, The heartbreak can be real. Like, dude, when the Giants got eliminated last year, Pretty sure I just went in my room, turned the lights off, and just sat on the floor for a solid hour. I, like, dude, <laughs> dude, you want to talk about playoff heartbreak? Obviously, we just, just sort of talked about football, but after the uh, the Roby Coleman no call um, oh. uh, pass defensive pass interference that stopped the Saints from going to the Super Bowl, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I str- I straight up boycotted it. That's how upset I, I was. I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point. I was legitimately that upset that I didn't want to watch the Rams play another game. (laughs) That's that's so yeah, not having not having my team be in the World Series or, you know, World Series equivalent and Loki kind of (laughs) nice. So uh, you guys ready to get into game one? Let's do it. We'll give some overview before we deep dive. Uh, the Phillies, they won in 10 innings, six to five. Mm. We had the aces going up against each other, Verlander and Nola, and nine and a third innings pitched combined. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Verlander, yeah, no. five innings, six hits, five earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Nola, four and a third, six hits, five earned, two walks, five strikeouts. I mean, six to five, I think we'll kind of get into uh, a little bit deeper of the who is performing offensively. But basically, Houston, over the first two innings, got out to a five nothing lead and then or in the first three innings. Sorry. And then uh, in the fourth and fifth, Philly stormed back. And then there's some bullpen pitching until the 10th when Mr. Real Muto hit the game winning home run. So which of these? Two pitching performances was more surprising to you, Verlander or Nola? I would go with Nola, at least for me. Um, as much as, and I, I mean, I said this last week, right? Where I was like, you know, we saw the way Verlander pitched in that first postseason appearance and then the way he pitched in the second one and how like I, you can't really be surprised if it flips back and forth. And then we saw it flip back, obviously, to a not great start. Um but Nola hadn't had that kind of performance yet, at least not, you know, quite this bad. But yeah, it was a little bit more surprising, but I mean, both were kind of surprising. It's you expect it game one. It's both your aces. You kind of expect them both to either go deep or or at least look a little bit more dominant. But yeah, both gave up. I mean, very, very similar stat lines. I mean, both gave up six sets and five runs. Yeah, no, for sure. They both got beat up a bit. And it's kind of crazy. It's like my gut goes to saying the Verlanders one's more surprising. He's a veteran. He's been around longer. And I'm not that Nola's not as good. They're both amazing pitchers. But uh, I would say the Nola one is more surprising when you look at the playoff stats because Verlander has a six ERA 
in his career in the playoffs after in that world, game in the world series i thought yeah i, I, but it, I thought it was playoffs but the world series makes a lot more sense it's also but, after that game after that start yeah do you know what? it is world series after that start that is true but he got beat up against giants and some other games too but a crazy stat to always bring up my goat madison bumgarner madison bumgarner would have to give up 23 straight world series home runs not recording a single out to have a lower career like a worse era than justin verlander yeah you know what? I, I this kind of That's brings wild. in yeah. It, it also kind of brings up an interesting um, point that I know I saw on Twitter a, a little bit. Um, why do you guys think Verlander has not gotten the same level of flack that Kershaw gets for playoff performances? That was, that was my next point, dude. I do not know. I think I would have to guess is Kershaw played most of his career, all of his career in L.A. And he's just in the light more often. Verlander's played Detroit, Houston. I mean, they're big markets, but they're not LA, right? Sure. So, and you're I guess not. That's what I would go in with. both of those markets. Obviously, there's some great pitchers in Astros and um, Tigers history, but you're not being directly compared to like Sandy Koufax as you know, quite literally. Kershaw is constantly also being a left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers. And I just don't know. I think it's just that that LA stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, but People it is. It's just interesting because yeah, like Kershaw gets labeled a playoff choker pretty consistently, like mm. <laughs> like all the time. Um, it's yeah. I'm I, I I'd be interested to see if after this season that Verlander gets a a similar treatment or if uh or if he kind of still gets away with it. Yeah, we'll see. Think, and and also he must I, be getting away. Sorry, go for I, it. I do also want to briefly bring up. I think the whole Kershaw as a playoff choker thing is a little ridiculous. Like, I don't want to yeah. pretend like I'm on the side that like thinks that, <laughs> but that is well, just sort of the rhetoric that gets thrown around. And I think it doesn't get thrown around to the extent of Kershaw's because he has been good outside of World Series, like you guys were mentioning when I said playoffs instead of World Series. And I mean, most of Verlander's struggles comes from two World Series starts. And yeah. DRA is high because of this one and because the one against the Giants where. He gave up like three home runs off of Pablo Sandoval. Like it's just two blow up starts doesn't really tell the whole story. He's had some other good World Series performances. Yeah. Well, he's never left a World Series start with a lead. I know that. Oh. Um, he's zero and six, I believe, in the World Series. Uh, exactly but what I said. to answer your original question, uh, I would go Verlander. Still has more surprising. Noah's okay. start before this, he gave up six earned runs uh, against the Padres, uh, though there's a little bit of dinking and dunking in there as well. Um, though, I don't know, I did hear a lot of people say, because I wasn't able to watch Verlander's start against the Yankees super closely, even though the numbers were good. I heard a lot of people say the Yankees were more bad than Verlander was good. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Well, I mean, yeah. Also, But it's just, yeah. if you hand Verlander the ball with a five run lead you yes. expect that shark to smell blood in the water and just go with it and so that that's why it was surprising for me yeah. like i think houston offense coming out in houston putting up five against nola is you know surprising uh and impressive but not as surprising as verlander giving up a five run lead in houston yeah and i mean like verlander the first couple of innings was uh, absolutely mowing through philly's bats like he was super, super dominant and then fell apart. <laughs> so like it wasn't like uh 
and, and Nola was kind of similar in the sense that he fell apart and then picked it back up. Um, you know, neither of these were like that. Oh, they gave up a run every inning for like four innings because they had a, they had yeah. two really bad innings each. Just a little blow up. Uh, so do you guys want to start with the let's start with the Astros. They jumped off to the big lead, right? Yep. So we had Kyle Tucker have two home runs, four RBIs, three total hits. Massive player. Uh, the one guy I kind of want to talk about is Martin Maldonado, who had a clutch RBI. And we later found out that the baseball bat he was using is illegal. And he was not allowed to use it. Aluminum. Which <laughs> he, was, he was not using an aluminum bat. And I actually read into it a little bit because I was kind of wondering why this happened. So the bat he was using in the first game was a low-density maple bat, which in 2010 they made illegal due to the amount they splinter. Like, it just broke uh-huh. at a high pace, and they didn't want people getting hurt with, like, splinters of the bat. Uh, so they outlawed it, but you could be grandfathered in. So the reason Maldonado even had the bat in the first place is Albert Pujols sent it to him as one of his bats, Albert Pujols, who was playing before 2010, and has apparently been a- using an illegal bat for 12 years now, which is just wild. <laughs> for yeah. so many reasons. But uh, so Maldonado decided to use it, not knowing it's illegal, obviously. Didn't have it out the second day. I don't think this is as big of a deal as some people on social media are making it. What is your guys' take on that? I mean, well, it's a different kind of illegal, right? Like, this isn't, yeah, like, illegal yeah. because, oh, this bat's got some, ma- like, some ridiculous pop. Like, there's a reason that it was allowed to be grandfathered in by people who yeah. are comfortable using it. It's because, like, it's not a competitive advantage thing. It's just a safety thing. Yeah, and also there was just a really funny, uh, like, a, on, like, the subreddit responding to it was, uh, you know, the Astros haven't exactly earned the benefit of the doubt for, you know, cheating or anything, but I can't really picture one of the worst hitters alive suddenly hatching a scheme to borrow an illegal bat. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, he I mean, probably didn't think much of it. He was no, just given right. it by Albert Polos, and he's like, Do you know what? It's playoffs. I'm gonna try getting some of that Albert Polos juice going, like, right? Let's Why go. Not? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just seems super incidental and super like non, like, it doesn't affect anything really. Yeah, it's and especially because they lost the game. I feel like if the Astros had won the game, we'd be hearing a lot more people complain about it because <laughs> he did hit the clutch RBI with it to like keep them right there. So that is interesting. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not as ridiculous as like when the spitball was grandfathered or the, yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's like, wait, that's just like cheating. And you're like, if you're doing it, you could keep doing it. <laughs> like This is just like, like you're saying just a safety thing. Um, yeah. They let people keep doing it, but it, you you do also feel like maybe it's like we're gonna grandfather this in for like two years, and then at the end of two years you gotta <laughs> transition to a safer bat. Yeah, this is like crazy uh, that yeah. he was able to keep going for twelve years with that bat. Yeah, it's funny. It's it just it just reminds me of the NFL when the NFL was like getting phasing out a lot of the older helmets, and like yeah. they were, but they still let a couple people like use the old helmets. Like I remember, I think it was like Aaron Rodgers or like a couple other people. Who were just like, nah, I'm using my old helmet. They're like, okay, no, you gotta stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've got new ones. They're way safer. You have to wear them. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, we also had Yuli Guriel have two hits, a run. Just, and do you know, Altuve's been, we'll talk about him more in the next game, but he's been low key doing his thing. Oh, yeah. Well, though, this hit 
was an absolute blooper that just <laughs> that fell in in front of center field. But sometimes that's all you need. You just need a little bloop to get the confidence right. And we saw that in game two, which we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, King Tuck, a.k.a. Ted Williams, standing up there. My MVP pick. Ball. Let's go. And yeah, two home runs. We've been a very pro Tucker um, Carlson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tucker, oh, yikes. Tucker Barnhart. <laughs> Tucker Barnhart. No, <laughs> Tucker Barnhart. No, Kyle Tucker podcast. Um, and he's proven us so right. underrated. Three hits, four RBI, two home runs. Also got way up trying to rob a home run, but didn't quite get there. We'll talk about that in a second too. But yeah, just lethal bat in a incredibly scary lineup that has so many ways it could beat you. Um, yeah, Adam, do you have any Kyle Tucker thoughts? I he good, he good. <laughs> Abe Lincoln, very good. Yeah, man, he just gets overshadowed because of Jordan Alvarez being like Jordan Alvarez is the lefty. He's the one that like everyone talks about when you're talking about the lefty in the Astros lineup. And Kyle Tucker's just there, like. I'm good too. He's he's like uh so good that he's boring. He's not he's not like the the scrappy guy that's kinda good and gets a clutch hit every once in a while. He's not Joe the Panic. flashy guy. Yeah, he's not the Joe Panic. He's not <laughs> Jeremy Pena with biceps. He's not Jordan that's just giant. And, he's not Altuve yeah. who's just tiny. He doesn't really have a niche. He's just kind of like being good at baseball. That's his niche. <laughs> He's your creative player uh, default uh, appearance. <laughs> oh, don't do that to the guy. <laughs> Not that. that, that I, like, <laughs> oh, you're going to say next. You're going to tell me he's a great locker room guy. <laughs> oh, no. Next time you're going to tell me he's an Oakland. A. <laughs> he's an Oakland legend. Woo. Oh. No, but he's a great player. He just he doesn't have that flash. Yeah, no, that's I mean, that's, no, that's fair. That's fair. Awesome reactions to his home runs, though. Just like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> Dude, the bat flip was amazing on the second yeah. one, too. Like, the, the second one was like, I'm feeling it type bat flip. Like, oh, <laughs> um, nobody's stopping me. Nobody's stopping him, indeed. Uh, but but then the-, the Phillies offense was like, hey, we're going to stop you. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Harper uh, extended his hit streak with two more hits. Uh, Boom, two RBI on one hit. Castellanos and RBI. Uh, Bryson Stott uh, overlooked figure in this game. No hits, but two walks and saw over six pitches per plate appearance. Um, Schwarber uh, got us that stolen base. Uh, got us off the Promised. Yeah. <laughs> so just he knew, understood the assignment for sure. Um, but the real man. Real Muto, JT Real Muto, two hits, three RBI, and the game-winning home run, and a near throwout of Jose Altuve at second with the like a perfect throw. That was crazy as well. Um, a lot of people coming out after this game saying Real Muto best catcher in baseball. I know we've been weighing the Will Smith, especially earlier in the year when Real Muto was cold. Um, Adam, what are you thinking? Real Muto, best catcher in baseball. Ooh, I mean, in the conversation for sure. Yeah. It's it's sort of hard to catchers 
catcher is such a hard position to like properly weigh the the value of because they have a lot of things that are not like statistically measurable (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you'll hear a lot of like pitchers who have like a preferred catcher because you know they they whether it's the way that they call a game the way that they receive pitches the way that they do things like that like those kind of intangible things um that also make a, a catcher really great but yeah i mean up there right now for sure especially let's when he's play playing like this let's play a game of guess the stat line i'm gonna give you how many doubles how many home runs and the batting average and ops of a player is and you guess who the player is JG so th- <laughs> this player had uh 24 home runs, 26 doubles, a 260 batting average, and an 807 OPS. Yeah. Who do you think that is? Are they on the Phillies? Uh, no, no, he's no, actually no. not. It's going to be like, it's going to be who we were talking about. It's going to be like Will Smith. That is Will Smith. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, okay. this player has 22 home runs and 26 doubles. So just flipped. Oh, no, the other guy had 24. Uh, batting average of 276 and an OPS of 820. Uh, that would be real muto so yeah. we have a higher ops higher batting average or less home runs and more doubles more so we speed giving, steals more bases yeah more speed the defense honestly is probably i mean real muto has been considered one of the better catchers for a while he has a gold glove yeah i we were so quick to say will smith's the best catcher in baseball but like now that you look at those spats like the final season stat lines, it's like, oh, they're like identical and maybe even give JT Romuto the edge, higher OPS, higher batting average. It's like, wow, yeah, you could easily say JT's the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, and then I think that's what I'm going to go with. I know Real Muto just had a really cold start, but he's, especially right now, he's just been the best because he's hot doing everything. Uh, he's also playing well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and he throws out runners, hits the ball, and like that speed factor out of catcher adds so much value as well. He's usually the uh, slowest guy on your team. Yeah, yeah. Like or, look yeah, at Yachty, either, either him or him move. or first base, pretty much. Well, and yeah. Real Muto does it more than any catcher too. He he mm-hmm. catches so many innings. Uh, just a fantastic, just a fantastic player, and with just a beautiful opposite field home run to win it off of Luis Garcia. Tried to rock the baby on him. Just didn't <laughs> quite work. Um, absolute laser out to right field. Kyle Tucker uh, jumped. Tried. He tried. He jumped very high. <laughs> A valiant effort. Truly. Yeah, no. Dude, if he had robbed that, I would have been losing my mind. <laughs> that would have yeah. been insane. That would also, have been truly the Kyle Tucker game. Yeah. I also want to talk about that Bryce Stott two walks and over six pitches per plate appearance. Like, I don't think people realize like how massive that is just to be getting pitches out of the starting pitcher, get on base. Like those are some massive at bats that like, that's how you win a world series. Like at bats from that, from guys in the bottom of your lineup. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I had a Gene Segura. So it's just like, man, I'm mm-hmm. throwing Stott a bunch of pitches. Now I got to try and face Gene Segura who didn't get a hit on the game, but it's just like you know he's going to be fouling off pitches that whole at bat. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, yeah, and that's going for the double. Yeah, I mean that's also like you get a guy like that who, when when you're in a World Series and you you ideally want your starters to either have more distance or you know be more usable later on in that series. Like 
dude, this guy's working that many pitches off you. Like that's mm-hmm. you you want to punch people out so much faster if if you're a pitcher because pitch count matters. Yeah, but an, the, another storyline of these playoffs and this game is that important baseballs are hit towards the direction of Nick Castellanos very often. <laughs> and it makes my heart drop every time. Even though I don't really have a rooting interest, I like both these teams. I'm just like, whenever there's a ball hit between Segura and Castellanos, I'm just like, what is going to happen here? And something very hard exciting drop yeah, Castellanos made a great sliding catch to save the game in the ninth, give Real Muto that at bat that allowed him to get that home run. Just what a play by Castellanos. And oh my gosh, he's driving me crazy in the best way. That's my MVP right there. No. Oh. Is that actually who you guessed? I don't remember. Yeah, that was who I guessed. Oh, okay. I thought he's kind of a spicy pick because let's hop on over to game two. Ooh, yes. Where we see the Astros win two to five. Uh, the Astros jumped off to five runs early against the uh, Phillies once again. If, if I'm the Phillies after this game, game, even though the series is 1-1, I am extremely nervous because the Astros have now just dropped five runs off our best two pitchers in back-to-back days. What do you guys think about that? I mean, we knew the Astros were good. Like it, it's, I don't know if it's as much. I, I think, I think the Phillies' game plan was never going to be hold the Astros to like no runs. It's just gonna be. I mean, as dumb as this sounds, it's just score more than them. Like that's the Phillies. They they they've got here off of offense, off of offense in bunches. That's how they're gonna beat the Astros. They aren't gonna beat the Astros by making them score no runs. It's because that's just gonna be really hard or impossible to do. Nola and Wheeler were a huge part of them getting here, though. Like, they were scoring sure. runs in the non-Nola Wheeler starts. Like, I going into those World Series, like, I feel like in my mind, I was kind of like, the Phillies' only real chance to win is for Nola and Wheeler to, like, dude, that's four of your seven games in the series. You need them to dominate, and so far, neither is really dominated. So if I'm the Phillies, like, I'm extremely nervous, and from my point of view, I think the Astros have almost won the series already, even though it's 1-1. <laughs> I'm concerned about the next Nola start for sure. And I am, you know, worried about Wheeler, but more so Nola. Wheeler in this one also had three walks. So I'm hoping he'll be able to tighten that up and feed off the Philly crowd if that's where he'll pitch next. Oh, I don't even know if that is where he'll pitch next. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, hopefully he'll be able to tighten up those three walks for sure. Um, but even still, uh, and you're facing the Astros. Wheeler only got three strikeouts and there's no guarantee that he'll get more next time he faces the Astros, even if he's more on, because this team is not a team that strikes out a lot. Uh, they're, they're always up there in the, the egg, top, top exit velocity and lowest strikeout rates, which is a championship formula, no doubt. Um, so it's just a tough team to pitch against, uh, especially if you like getting those strikeouts as Wheeler does. Yeah. yeah, man. And in this game, we got to give credit to the Astros offense, right? Wheeler just didn't go out there and throw pitches straight over the middle of the plate. Like Altuve had three hits. Uh, Jordan had a hit, a walk, RBI, two runs, just doing a little bit of everything. Alex Bregman had a massive blast that went deep, like hit the top of the like little ring. Way thing high. Off, yeah. yeah. 
he absolutely crushed that ball. And that was like not even that bad of a pitch. It was kind of low. He went down and got it and just absolutely destroyed that ball. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um Martin Maldonado with his legal bat, no hits, two strikeouts. So oh storylines. Yeah, stories. Uh, the real the real MVP though of game two was Pat Hoberg, the uh Ooh. home plate ump. Called the perfect game. And I know obviously we like to talk about whenever umps are bad, which it seems like they're bad a lot. But um this World Series crew's been good so far. Um, I mean, a hundred percent accuracy on on calls is you love to see it, and this is the time that you love to see it too. Um, good, good, clean baseball. Good, clean baseball indeed. Going back to the Phillies pitching a little bit, to some uh, some brighter stories as well. Bellotti and Brogdon, well, in hand, all had scoreless outings. Brogdon was kind of in emergency role that one uh, falter start. Uh, that he barely went like an inning, uh, came up clutch, uh, Bellotti in hand. You just love to see more guys coming in and getting scoreless appearances just in case you need them later on in this series. So they just, yeah, they feel more comfortable when they're having to come in because obviously Alvarado and Sir Anthony Domingos are those top two guys, but you just, you want some more weapons out of the pen than that. And then Ryan Presley continues his amazing October Oh wait, never mind. Oh wait. Sorry. He gave up one run unearned though. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was unearned. It doesn't count unearned, against yeah. that ERA. Whatever. Hey, yeah, good. whatever then. We also need to shout out for Amber Valdez. Uh six okay. innings and a third, nine strikeouts, three walks, four hits, one earned run. Yeah. Tiny glove dude is just dominant out there. You yeah, know, I mean and we're talking about the offenses, the Astros hitting the ball hard, not striking out. Uh, Framber and Wheeler both walked three guys, um, but the Astros just put the ball in play more, put it in play at high velocities. They only struck out three times. The Phillies struck out nine times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously that's Framber being nasty as well, but this big difference right there, striking out. And yeah, like under the Phillies offense, we have some concerns. I mean, Harper, his hitting streak ended. I'm not really worried about him. But Hoskins, that's kind of a spot where you're like, oh, he's in the two hole and he's done nothing through two games. So do you look to switch it up or do you keep him there going back to Philadelphia for game three? I think you keep him there. You got, But it's still, it's like, obviously he's had those huge moments and a 750 OPS over the postseason, which is, you know, decent, good. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. Having only a 250 on base percentage in the two hole is not ideal. Less than ideal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you were losing 0 2, maybe that's something where you look to make a move. The series being 1 1, you don't, you keep him there at this point. Yeah. Especially going into Philly, you, he'll feed off the energy. All the yeah, so in the crowd. Speaking of that, we're going to Philadelphia for the next three games. We will play all three games. If someone wins all three, they win. Do you guys think this series will end in Philadelphia or are we coming back to Houston? Uh, I mean, I predicted it was going to go seven, so I think we go back to Houston. Um, and I don't think that either team has quite the momentum to to sweep three games in Philly. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. we go back. Yeah, I predicted six, so I'm going to say we go back to Houston. Um, but this game three is obviously with the series even is yeah. huge. 
Um, and I think it's really big to see what we uh, get out of old Cindergard. Yeah. yeah I mean, I am the of... one person. I am the one person that said it would be in five games. Uh, saying Astros in five was rather bold to me because that was assuming that Astros win two in Houston. The Astros winning the next three in Philadelphia, I would say, is highly unlikely. That has been an extremely good place for the home team all postseason. Philadelphia has shown up, been loud. So I don't think Houston, I still think Houston wins the series, just not in Philly. Fair. So you started talking about game three. Noah, you want to continue? Yes, we got McCullers versus Cindergard. Um and McCullers, he battled through his last start against <laughs> the Yankees. It wasn't pretty, but it got his elbow injury. Yeah. <laughs> got him through five. Uh so hopefully that that champagne elbow is healed up a little bit. <laughs> and Cindergard's done his job a couple times in the playoffs. Um but I think, uh, obviously, with three games in a row, uh, but it, using Alvarado and Dominguez in game one a bit, though able to lay off of them in game two, I do think they want more than just three innings out of Syndergaard here. I think they they do want to get him deeper, but obviously just depends on what he's able to bring. Hopefully, with some extra rest, he's op- uh, is able to bring that. You know, extra fire out of that arm, which we know has been electric in the past. Um, but yeah, if, I think if Cindergard goes past the fifth inning, Philly's got a really good chance at winning this one. I like that. I mean, if Sin- not, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, Cindergard's coming into it relatively fresh too. I mean, he's only pitched five and a third in the postseason, so having him start doesn't seem like a bad idea. Obviously. He's totally a capable starter, um, and he's basically a you know a, a bullpen arm with a lot of starter experience who is pretty fresh. So I think it's something that could go very well for the Phillies. I mean, it could also not go well, as that's true of any situation ever. But <laughs> dude, he could make yeah. himself. We were talking who could make themselves the most money. Like a Syndergaard with yeah. the start could make himself some bank at this offseason if he comes out and pitches like six dominant innings he'll be very excited going into this winter uh i'm excited for game three because like i kind of feel like whoever wins it will be which starting pitcher kind of takes over the game i think mccullers has definitely shown that ability in the playoffs before uh Syndergaard, maybe not as much in the playoffs but he's shown he has the ability to take over games uh i would love to see one of them just come out and absolutely dominate six seven innings It'd be fun. I really hope for that. <laughs> and you got to be hopeful for um, Syndergaard's pitch mix. Obviously, that heavy sinker yeah. changeup type against a team that doesn't strike out a lot. Hopefully, you can keep the ball on the ground and Segura can field it for him. And don't everyone let the, <laughs> don't let the Astros get it up in there. Yes. Um, so hopefully, that's that sinker could be like a bowling ball and get him a lot of. Uh, easy outs, quick outs, so he could, you know, go deep into this. I think the Phillies' plan going into this is be satisfied with three or four, one or one run or less innings. But I do think they really need at least five out of him. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, and then game four, we have Ranger Suarez versus Christian Javier. I believe that's his first name. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I was a little worried I said the wrong first name there. <laughs> but uh, Ranger Suarez versus Javier, that's going to be a really fun game. I mean, I'm probably the biggest Ranger fanboy, even dating back to last season. I love talking about how like underrated this dude is and how good he has been for the past two years. Uh, I would love for him to have a dominant start. The Astros are a righty-heavy lineup, so I don't know how much I like. Well, they have Jordan and Kyle Tucker as their lefties, so obviously... I mean, you don't really have an advantage going righty or lefty versus no. the Astros, like the Phillies, who have a ton of righties. Uh, they really only have Schwarber yeah. as their lefty. And that, like, that one guy, Bryce. Bryce yeah, and just, Stott. just yeah. that one dude. Yeah, oh, Bryce, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Oh! You know dude. I forget everything. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, all right. Hey, I'm, I'm also going to say, yeah, as much as you're a Ranger Take Suarez over. fanboy and Ranger has been really good, Christian Javier has been a lot better. No, for sure he has. <laughs> for sure. And so, yeah. Ranger Javier's younger too. Uh I don't know. Game four, both these pitching matches, obviously these teams are both in the World Series. They're both really good. Like there's only so much I can say. I feel like Yeah, I, well, I really think that it I mean it comes down to like if Philly's pitching can keep up with you know the the fact that they really need to also have an offense that puts up a lot of runs. Like you're not gonna hold you're not gonna hold the Astros to zero runs. It's just not it's it's just something you can't rely on, but as long as that as long as the Phillies pitching can limit the damage, like they've done their job. Yeah, and here's what I'll say. Let's see if Ranger Suarez actually ends up starting that game four. Cause I think if game three oh. comes down to it, we've used some th- pitchers in the Phillies bullpen. You got a chance to win a game, you have to attack it, go after it. Uh, Rob Thompson loves Rangers' uh, slow heartbeat uh, late in games. I, I do think we could see Ranger pitch in Game Three, especially if you have a chance to go up two to one in the World Series. You need to take every shot you can, and then just figure it out the next day. You know, we're, if we could go up two to one and take our Phillies' offense in Philadelphia for Game Four, let's just figure something out on the mound. So I think there's a chance that if this right situation arises ranger suarez might even pitch in game three i think being aggressive is the best way like in my mind for the phillies to win this series they have to have that aggressive mentality and win today figure out tomorrow later like they just have to have that mentality because i think the astros are just the better team overall and if the phillies don't go into these games with do everything we can to win this individual day worry about tomorrow tomorrow that's gonna be how they have to win the series in my mind yeah, agreed. Um, especially because, like you're saying, they just are the less talented team. So you need to take every opportunity you can uh, to win those games. I did, like even in game one, uh, when they threw Robertson out there, uh, I was, I don't know, I was just like, maybe let's throw someone else. Let's throw Thor or someone. They already used Ranger Suarez uh, in, in that game. Uh, but Robertson ended up getting the job done eventually after it, it was nerve-wracking. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, we just skipped over that. <laughs> Diaz throwing his elbow in front of two balls. Dude, that was <laughs> the second one. So bad. Did you did you hear the the mic'd up of the ump? Yeah, shout out the umpire to be like, hey, no, get nah, you stay here. You effing leaned into it. 
straight up <laughs> just what... yelled at him to get his butt back in the box. And also yeah. the freaking nerd. Shout out the Spanish broadcast for having that hot mic. Yeah, for having the hot mic. Also, dude, the, obviously I know you're not going to admit to it in an interview, but the nerve to be like, man, I didn't lean into it. I don't know what that ump was talking <laughs> about. Like, dude, you're an ass. Come on. Well, you absolutely in, leaned into it. You have to think in that moment, though, like, he like obviously when he goes back and watches it he's gonna be like oh yeah i definitely leaned into that in the moment he probably like you see it and it's like oh that might hit me like you're not he may not have like actually been thinking about leaning in as much as like oh it's close let me get hit like maybe see what happens i don't know i yeah it's but he definitely looked like he was trying to get hit i mean the one before he threw his elbow at it (laughs) yeah he threw it all the way over the middle of home plate like he was so (laughs) he so threw his elbow into it um yeah but yeah, I, I just I just loved God, the, that ump moment was so funny. I'm just like, <laughs> no, <laughs> he, he was already walking to first base. Nah, get back here, bud. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll see if he gets any other pinch hit opportunities after that, because that's obviously it seems like it seems like the moment was a little big for him trying to do anything to get on base, which obviously you like. But then just some really horrible swings looking like he was on his head. So yeah, because didn't he yeah. swing at like a three one pitch in the dirt after that? Yeah, like three, tries three, to get two, hurt. The three two pitch was was definitely way out of the zone. I think the three horrible. one pitch too, though he swung yeah. and it was would have been a ball. And it's like, bro, you just like throw your elbow at two balls trying to not swing, and then you swing at a pitch that's like way low. It's like you're trying to just get on base. Why are you even swinging at three one? Honestly, yeah, yeah, is. Confusing to say the least. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it gave us a reason to talk about Michael Conforto that we haven't talked who we haven't talked about in a long time. <laughs> I hope he'll be back and healthy next year so he could be throwing his elbow into those pitches yeah. over the strike zone. Yeah. So based on what you guys have seen through the first two games, are either you guys willing to change? I've already said I'm sticking with that. So you're not allowed to change. change your... no. no, no, not not actually. Your official prediction stays, but yeah, just yeah. at this point, oh, I are you guys no. leaning a different way? No, I'm not changing. No, I, I mean, I even when I said Astros, I could still see the Phillies doing it, mm. and I still think the Astros are going to do it, but see a path for the Phillies as well. Okay. Makes sense. It makes sense. I agree with that. Uh, do you guys want to talk about some other baseball news or you have any other World Series thoughts? Um, um, I don't know. Scary that Altuve's hitting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Altuve's doing that thing. I mean, dude, he has like, I think I saw something where like he has the most postseason hits of all time. Yeah. Or I mean, like, he's also yeah. been there a lot. Well, yeah, he's spent um, the entire like last couple, what, five years, six years, like in the playoffs every year doing well. Um, yeah, yeah Altuve's a monster. Maybe the only other interesting news, I don't know if you guys saw um, a lot of, there's a lot of talk about Framber Valdez uh, looking like he had sticky stuff or something like that. Uh, he was reaching to his glove a lot, doing a bunch of stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw any of that. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just looked like a guy who was sweaty and a guy who was nervous. Like, yeah. It was just like nervous, like rubbing and it like he was fidgeting. I mean, dude, I fidget a lot. Like, in a moment of that like massive gratitude, I'd be fidgeting with everything. Like <laughs> I am of a similar mind. Um, I also really liked Rob Thompson's. Uh, they obviously asked him about it after the game and um, they were, they asked media asked him if he was aware that, you know, Valdez was rubbing his hand a lot. And he's like, yeah, we knew it's all over Twitter, but these guys get checked almost every inning. And if there's something mm-hmm. going on, the MLB will take care of it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I like, 
I I love that response. It's just like a super not accus- uh, accusatory or anything like that. He's just like, yeah, yeah. if if he's cheating, he's cheating. They'll they'll find him. Uh, you know, they'll they'll get it. They'll get it handled. You know, Phillies have to take care of business regardless. But yeah, yeah. Just was wondering if you guys had also seen that. Yeah. Was, well, and also like. Pitchers will put a bunch of rosin on their wrist or their glove or whatever, yep. and then go to that as well, which is legal. Yep. Um, yeah. The the sweat and rosin, or or, and that's one of the other things too that I saw some people correctly saying as well, which is like the way that you get the whole sweat and rosin thing to work is that you have to heat the living crap out of that rosin. You've got to rub it a lot to get it mm-hmm. to to start binding to sweat and get it to actually start getting tacky. And so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, cool. He's rubbing it a lot. Like, yes. And that's exactly how it, you, you're supposed to do it if you are trying to get that any level of stick out of out of rosin. Yeah. So either way, I just it was one of those things I know. I know it got, it, it made rounds on Twitter and stuff because it's the Astros. Yeah. And, I just think yeah. people want to blame the Astros. And, oh, for sure. I don't know. That was like a nothing thing to me. I'm really not... Like yeah, Rob Thompson yeah. said, like they check them every inning. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but some other baseball news. Wait, um, we got some breaking news. Oh, got to hold you up right there. The Kansas City Royals have hired a manager. I... Yes. What's his name? His name is Matt Quattraro. <laughs> I definitely butchered that. How would you say it? Yeah, I think it's same Matt Quattraro. Quattraro. Uh, the Rays bench Q. coach, though, most notably, Matty Q. Matty Q. <laughs> he uh, has been with the Rays since 2018, it looks like. He's been their minor league hitting coordinator, their third base coach, and last season was their bench coach. Uh, I mean, I it's hard to say you don't like it because the Rays just are one of those organizations that seemingly know how to run a good organization. Yeah, it seems like, like literally, they... literally anyone that comes out of that organization is good. Yeah, I mean, they and just within that organization, like you'll look at their team, not recognize anybody, but they're always there at the (laughs) end of every season. (laughs) Uh, So I'm excited what he could do. The Royals have some young talent. I mean, Bobby Witt Jr. is an absolute stud. So I hope it works out for them. Sorry, I got to say uh, now after seeing this picture, I'm going to go back to Quattraro and I'm going to not give it anywhere near as much accent because that dude's not. (laughs) I was looking at him and you said that. I'm like, "Mm, all right. (laughs) Maybe it's more of an Italian. Quattraro. Yes. You guys have any thoughts on the hire? I I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's good. Royals need to do stuff like that to uh, get that team moving because they suck. They're really bad. So anything with Junior's going to be the truth. Just I, look, if you're a I, Royals fan. Hey, I don't look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to refute that. I think, look, I think the Royals have talent on that roster. I just think that they are still going to suck for a couple of years. So this picture Noah just sent is, is great. Like my favorite thing ever. Just That's... spraying sunscreen directly into his face, squinting those eyes shut as hard as possible. Not getting sunscreen in my eyes today. Love that it. is a man with the plan. That is a man who understands the finer things of life. Yeah, finer things of life. That's who you want uh, managing that your is team. A man with the foresight to close his eyes but not take the hat off. <laughs> I don't need sunscreen on my forehead. That's why I have the hat. 
Come on. <laughs> anyway, I, I my biggest thing is um, obviously I think uh, I don't think the, this is like oh the Royals are suddenly contending or they're suddenly good, um, which is why I kind of also want to follow this up with I really hope they give him a few years to do something. I get really tired of teams who hire a manager and they expect him to like just magically turn a team around in like two seasons. Give him like three or four years, please. Yeah, I think the Royals will do that. I think they gave Matheny a few years and just it didn't work out. Um, I think this is a guy that's proven to be part of a system that's able to do a lot with limited resources. So I think they're going to want to see him work for a few years and bring some raised manic uh, magic to the Royals. And we'll see if he's able to do that. Yep. Um, but some uh, other news a continuation of an era and a possible end to an era. Uh, we'll start with the smaller news first. Uh, JD Martinez reportedly will not receive the qualifying offer for the Red Sox. Not too surprising for me. Sub 800 OPS. Um, felt like at the end of the year, he's really trying figuring some things out. So I do think he could maybe have a pretty solid 2023, but. We've seen some steady regression over the last few years over productive seasons still, but steady yeah. regression nonetheless. So I think it's just like, look, you're older. Maybe we'll try and keep you around for a discounted price. Yeah, but Def- we're definitely not you that qualifying offer. Yeah, definitely a player who, you know, it'll feel bad to, you know, for some fans to be like, wow, didn't even give him the offer. But like, he's not worth that at this point. And that's not to say that he's not worth a lineup or he's not worth a spot on a roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. How much is the qualifying offer? It's like 18 million, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Honestly, that's not even that crazy for JD Martinez with the hitting he could do. Like he's probably actually worth like 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say you feel the giants do the same thing with belt last year. He just means enough to the organization where they're like, well, I guess belt obviously means more to the giants than JD does. Sure. To the Red Sox. Is that fair to say? Noah? I don't know because JD's kind of like a secondary hitting coach, which is how scientific he gets about everything. Yeah. Um, so, do you think he stays? I guess is what this all boils down to. I could see him staying, but it depends on, I don't know, just a lot of stuff. Like if they might try and they might try and go Jose Abreu at DH uh, instead. Um, we'll see. It just depends on how that market plays out. I do just feel like JD is probably going to be a later signing uh, in terms of free agency. So I think it's if the Red Sox don't maybe get their A choice and he's still out there, I could definitely see him coming back for a year. But I don't know. I could also see, I don't know, someone like, what if little Astros reunion or something like that? Ooh, uh, we do not need to add more bats to that lineup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of had a similar thought as far as like, I think that the Red Sox have money that they want to spend elsewhere, but if that money doesn't get spent elsewhere, they will probably, I mean, at the very least, they'll try to re-sign him um, just for less than the qualifying. Yeah, for sure. Um, But speaking of money to spend, Nolan Arenado's locked in to have a lot more of that. Uh, officially opted in to his remaining five years with the St. Louis Cardinals, which is $144 million. Uh, any reactions to this? Any quick reactions? I feel like 
he's worth more than that. Am I crazy to say that? I, I got to look at that. Maybe I got to look at the breakdown because like, I mean, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. For it's sure. a little less than 30 a year. Like that's a ton of money. Yeah, like he's getting locks, like 28 ish. Then it locks him up till uh, 2027. Yeah. I mean, for the Cardinals, you're happy. Arenado, yep. it must be a thing where it's like, do you know what? These are the guys I want to play with. We made a good postseason run. I just like 144 is a ton of money. Like, at what point do you need more? So maybe he's like, this is enough money for me to be happy. So I'm yeah. in a place I like. I'm just going to stay. Yeah. He's not in Colorado. Like, <laughs> hey, it's hey, you know what? It's not Colorado. <laughs> maybe exactly. if Colorado, if Colorado was giving me five years, 144, I think I'd reconsider. But this is not that. So maybe yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is why Colorado traded him because they were like, hey, he's going to opt out. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, it makes, I think it makes sense for both. Obviously, um, you know, St. Louis had a, had a heck of a season, you know, they fall short to, uh, to the force of, of the Phillies, but, you know, I think it's good for them. Good for, good for Arenado. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see the cards remain competitive. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough, uh, because obviously when you just think of the season that, Arenado just had we're talking about him and Goldschmidt really cementing their Hall of Fame cases with the years that they had um and then just being like that's an awesome platform year but then also it's Arenado third baseman um going into his age 32 year who's going to be making 144 million over the next five do you think you can Get that? I mean, he's going to make 35 for the next two years, 32 in 2025, 27 in 26, and 15 in 27. I mean, I don't know. He, I don't know if you get another five year deal. Here's, here's, someone would, yeah. if he went to free agency, someone would give him like a six, seven year deal just to convince him to go to their place. I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, here's, time. here's, here's also sort of where, where I'm at on it too is like, yes, Arnado's going to go into his year 30, into his age 32 season. Goldie just had an absolute career year at 35. Like it's not unheard yeah. of to see that kind of thing happen. And Arenado, even even if Arenado regresses offensively or defensively, like okay, so he goes from a Gold Glove third baseman every year to a plus third baseman. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> What are we gonna? But it's just, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Goldschmidt is also doing that at first base, where there's sure. definitely less wear and tear on your body. I think uh, I don't know. Maybe Arenado just thinks in terms of total money, this is the smartest and safest bet. Because I think if he went into free agency, I think right now, I mean, maybe there's some teams that are giving that five to seven year deal, but I think it would be more of like a three year. 120 million dollar type thing oh just like a really high money short term um no i don't know just because like it's not like because i think when you see players get paid into their late 30s in contracts it's because you're getting those 28 29 30 seasons as part of it as well yeah whereas with arenado you're starting off at age 32 i just think i don't know yeah I don't I know, mean, maybe i'm wrong but this, this I think, is, at least for me, I would be like Arenado, come here for three years, yeah. one twenty, maybe even one thirty. This, this is also probably. I mean, this is also the kind of thing we can speculate all we want. I'm certain that Arenado and his agent have had plenty of offers to look at. Like 
They know and what they, they they know what the what the landscape is like for what money he could have gotten. So you know, for for all we know, this just is absolutely the best deal that he had. And regardless of the landscape, I mean, this could just be where he's happier. He could have sure. maybe not even considered it at all. He could just be like, you know what? This is just where I want to be. Who cares? Yeah. Like, it's like plenty of money. So, Wait, yes. I don't know. Congratulations to Arenado. Yeah, I have listened to a couple extended uh, Nolan Arenado interviews, and he's always been really loyal to where he is, loves playing where he's at. Um, I mean, he what it sounds like, he did genuinely love being in Colorado, wanted to be there for his whole career. And then as soon as he got to St. Louis, he was like, well, this is an awesome place. It's legendary. I love it here. So I do think that's a big part of it as well. I think he's comfortable with continuity, likes it in St. Louis. And like you're saying, I think he's got good perspective and is like, I'm making, I just made $35 million a year for one, two, three years in a row. I'm going to do it for two more years in a row (laughs) before I start to make 32 <laughs> yeah hey and yeah. uh speaking of continuity speaking of loyal to your to your team wayno is coming back we That's will insane. get another year of adam wainwright um, Him not retiring with judge and yadi is just wild to me huh? yeah because judge retired yeah because judge oh, retired sorry sorry yadi and pulos yeah i was, yeah, yeah. I was go. gonna talk about Aaron judge next but yes i meant yeah. pulos and yadi yeah i agree kind of it, definitely interesting um but you know it's not like wayno looked bad i mean wayno still still gave the cards 191 innings uh, and a sub 4 era sat at 371 over the course of the whole year um he'll be entering his age 42 season and and just still That's trucking wild. but you i think know, 41 uh for well i think he, he might be 41 now uh, i think either. he might have just turned 41 okay either way point is he's in his 40s uh yes which is he wild is old <laughs> this is this this ain't the 1920s we don't normally see this um yeah so but but you know talking about you know guys like pujols returning to st louis guys like yachty guys like wainwright Dude, maybe St. Louis is just like a place that people like to play. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, you get those kinds of players, you know, career for this team kind of players. Um, and yeah, maybe Arnado sees that and goes, you know what? Yeah, I'll stick around. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Wainwright did have a pretty tough ending to the season. Sure. Uh, lost velocity and just wasn't looking as good. But he seems really confident that he's found the mechanical issue going on. Um, and obviously said had a great um year overall, and also coming back for seventeen point five million. Okay, I guess kind of chill. Back at yeah, why not? Yeah, I I was thinking, oh, he's got some friendly contract. It's not no. that much, and I was like, oh, whoa, 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 seventeen point five. Yeah, I think I'll come You're like, back. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Why not? Also, you know, worth sort of also bringing up, like. You know, we, you sort of talked that, uh, you know, Wainwright had that little bit of dip in velocity or, or and stuff like that. But like Wainwright's also never really been like the 100 mile an hour flamethrower type pitcher anyway. He has always been a curve and sinker baller, like get people hit to ground spots. out. Yeah, hit your spots, but get people to ground out kind of guy. Um, part of the reason that I, I like him so much and also just. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier in the year, but like there was uh, a couple interviews that Wainwright had and, and stuff like that. But hearing the way that he approaches the game, um, I'm I'm totally confident that he'll have a a still very solid last season. Yeah, same. It's just maybe they'll 
rest him a star every once in a while more because September it got kind of yeah not tragically ugly, but you know one, two, three, four, five, four out of five starts in September, four earned runs, and then his one start in October in the regular season, six earned runs. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a dude. Adjustments. Sure, absolutely. It is also just a dude who you know that pitching style is also conducive to long seasons like Wainwright has routinely gotten over 200 and change innings pitched every year like he is no stranger to that kind of season I mean it literally last year he had over 200 innings so like you know for for him he is absolutely that workhorse type pitcher and you know I think he just he wants to be that workhorse type pitcher so we'll we'll, we'll see it'll be interesting to see if St. Louis does the kind of, you know, load management style of like, yeah, you know, maybe skip a start here and there. Um, but either way, I, I'm happy to, I'm happy to see him come back. Oh yeah. Big time. Well, going into my slip up where I said, Aaron judge, is it too early to talk about the Aaron judge winter? Where does he go? Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit too early. Let me <laughs> wait, wait till the world series finishes. Well, we did get some news over the weekend that the Giants, San yeah, Francisco yeah, Giants, yeah. apparently will not be outbid for Aaron Judge, which is wild that they're just saying, like, whatever the best bid is, we're going to beat it. Uh, and apparently part of the like promise of signing Aaron Judge is that that will not be the only big move. They're apparently going to, if they can sign Aaron Judge, they will sign one of the top shortstops. So the San Francisco Giants may be on their uh, Texas Rangers attitude. No, Rangers are going to get uh, judged. Rangers, Rangers are going to get judged. They're going to pay a billion dollars for three players total. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, I literally Rangers wouldn't kind either. Of wild. Uh, but apparently the Rangers are going after Rodon, which has me extremely nervous because they will spend a bag. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm also Rodon loved that. San Francisco. Yeah, but. I I'm also pumped for that news because boy, that was the one th- that's that that is what the Rangers need. <laughs> they need pitching. Yeah. They need pitching yeah. really bad. <laughs> I I really I part of me really believes that Rodon will be retained, especially if they sign Aaron Judge. Like I don't think if they're spending that money, I don't think they're gonna hold back whatsoever. Yeah, probably not. Rodon also looked uh, really good in San Francisco. Yeah, and he loved it there. His wife was always tweeting too, so it seemed like she loved it there. So it's the Bay Area. Fingers crossed. It's a nice place. Fingers crossed. How about this? I got a place where I want Aaron Judge to go, and I can guarantee we all love this idea. I don't know. Baltimore. Unless you say the Giants. (laughs) I want Aaron Judge to go to Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. I'm I'm here for that. I agree. (laughs) I I was ready to say no, but I agree. (laughs) He is he not on it? No. Already? No. We got some names, not Judge. Bro, we got all the names. What you doing, Aaron Judge? Resting. Harper, Mookie, Trout, Judge. Oh, my God. It's like, dude, yeah, so you have Harper, DH, and then you have an outfield of Judge, Trout, and Mookie. Like, bro. That's so stupid. <laughs> like, that is a, wild. Such an absurd, such an and absurd got roster. Arenado, Alonzo, Real Muto, yeah. Trevor Story is like the weak guy in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, Trevor's story might be your nine hitter. Like, think about that. Hey, JJ. That's absolutely oh, yeah. insane. Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. as your hitting coach. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just just that guy. Just some just some dude as your hitting coach. Just just a guy. 
Love it. Well, that's well, all I you... got. Yeah, I was about to say, that's all I got. You all good, Adam? Yep. Everything well, covered. We'll see you next weekend Indeed. with a World Series champion, I believe. Yes. Final Ooh. Game 7, if it is necessary, is scheduled for Saturday. So we will be Ooh. done next week. Happy Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. 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 Come on. <laughs> Thank you.